If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. It's a milestone episode for Viking 360. It's number 25, and we want to thank all the listeners and everyone who has subscribed and been a part of this podcast from the beginning. We couldn't have done it without you guys, and we certainly appreciate all the support. And with that being said, Rube, what do we have this week? Well, we'll talk with a Ripley graduate who is now coaching in college softball. We'll be talking with a former Viking baseball slugger who's planning to continue his baseball career with a comeback. And we'll talk about the Lady Viking track team winning the regional championship. So, let's go. Ripley grad Mandy Sansbury is the head coach of the softball program at the University of Mount Olive in North Carolina. Mike Rubin sat down and had this conversation with her. We're talking on Viking 360 with former Lady Viking standout softball player, Mandy Sansbury. Mandy, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Thank you for having me. Mandy, uh, you went to high school graduating from Ripley in 2001, and I believe that would put you during the in the Tess Gump era with the Lady Vikings. Yes. Tell me about your recollections of your playing days at dear old Ripley High. Um, I had a great experience at uh, Ripley. We had a really successful team my senior year. We went to state, and the whole experience was great. Just being on a winning team and, you know, having great teammates, great coaches. I think the whole whole experience was just a great stepping stone for me and, you know, led me to where I am now. And Mandy, after high school, you went on to uh, perform at uh, Ashland in uh, the state of Ohio and then at West Virginia Wesleyan. And uh, after that, you decided to, uh, to get into the coaching profession yourself. So what led to your decision to enter the, the coaching realm? Uh, I don't think me going into coaching really surprised anyone. I think I was kind of a natural leader. Um, and I always wanted to stay in softball. And so that was kind of the natural route for me. And so it was a pretty easy decision to go into coaching. And I think that was something that I kind of always said I was going to do from a very young age. And Mandy, I understand that you got your start down at West Georgia and then um, yeah. also coached at Glenville State. Tell us uh, about the early years of, of coaching softball. I went to West Georgia as a graduate assistant and did that for two years, and luckily they decided to hire me full-time, and so I was a full-time assistant for three years, and then I got hired at Glenville State for that coaching job, and I was there for three years, and then I decided to make a move, and I got hired at the University of Mount Island as their head coach, and I just completed my fifth year there. And Mandy, tell us about uh, Mount Olive. I know it's in North Carolina, but tell us what it's close to, and tell us a little bit about uh, about the college. 
Um, Mount Olive is pretty much geographically right in between Raleigh and Wilmington. It's a small school, and <laughs> the biggest claim to fame is the pickle capital of the world. So, where <laughs> Mount Olive pickles are made. <laughs> um, and it's pretty much a big athletic school that the main majority of the campus is athletes. And um, just a beautiful campus, beautiful part of North Carolina, um, national title baseball team, um, hopefully softball team on the rise. So it's just a, a really nice place to be. So, and you can compete on the NCAA Division II level. So uh, for those who may not be familiar with the college, can you compare it to uh, something in our area? What, what would it be comparable to? It would be comparable to West Virginia Westland or, um, you know, teams that are in the Mountain East Conference. And Mandy, let's talk about the breakdown, the responsibilities of being a college coach. What percentage of it is recruiting? What percentage of it is looking at the academics? And then what percentage of it is actually devoted to the sport of softball? Honestly, I think that the biggest percentage is being things outside of what you would picture coaching being. So being a mentor, being a counselor, being a, a parent away from home. I think that's the biggest percentage of what a college coach is because we have so many kids that are, you know, first time being away from home and they have so many things that are on their plate other than, you know, just softball or just academics. And so I think that probably the biggest majority, maybe 40%. Um, you know, I think the actual softball part is, you know, probably 20%, recruiting 20%. I think a lot of just other duties, um, office stuff, that kind of thing, are the little mixture in that fills, fills in the blanks. But I think the biggest biggest aspect is just being all the things that the student athletes need as parents, as counselors, as extra help in the classroom. I think that's what we kind of really feel a role of because I can't even ever turn my phone off because I have, it's like having 25 kids. And uh, the season that you just completed, I noticed uh, a record of 33 wins, 19 losses. So you're having some success there with the Trojans. Uh, how do you feel the program is progressing? I think we're definitely on the upswing. I think, um, you know, we had, as far as statistically, the second best batting average that the programs ever had. We broke the fielding percentage record. Um, we were just very young, and I think that some games, as far as our overall record, that's kind of what got us. And so I think performance-wise, I think we had a, a successful year on paper. I think we just have a few little humps that we need to get over to really achieve what I'm looking to here. 
Mandy, I noticed that the, the home record this year was particularly impressive. 22 wins and 6 losses on the home field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a really good support system. The community is very supportive. The parents are great. We have, you know, we're really comfortable in our home field, and it's something that, you know, we really want to protect our home field and make the community proud of us. And so I think we've we've done a good job at home, and I think us being more experienced is going to help us when we travel the next couple years. And Mandy, what are your goals with the the Mount Olive Trojan softball team? My biggest goals, and these are things I got to accomplish as a player, and now I want my goals to be able to accomplish, are to be able to win conference tournament and to go on and compete at the regional level. And obviously, I think every coach wants to go on and win a national title, but, you know, first things first are are winning those conference titles and and going on and competing at regional. Excellent. Mandy, uh, congratulations on an outstanding season there at Mount Olive, and best of luck to you in the future as a a collegiate softball coach. Thank you so much. And, Rube, the Lady Vikings softball season has come to an end. The Lady Vikes finished the season at 20-8 and and had a tough loss in the sectionals uh, to finish their season by a score of 9-8. to Yes, and it was an exciting season for Coach uh, Ken Swisher and his team. Uh, like you mentioned, Brian, they went. Uh, it was a twenty-win season, finishing at twenty and eight, losing in extra innings to top-seeded Parkersburg in the uh, sectional finals, and definitely uh, a game that they had an opportunity to win. But as you know, having been an athlete, you know momentum can be a thing of beauty, or it can work against you. And unfortunately for the Lady Vikes, it it kind of worked against them that game. As a two-time All-State baseball player, a name Viking fans will remember, Anthony Jarvis had to sit out the 2019 season because of injury. He's looking to bounce back in 2020, and he told Mike Rubin all about it. We're talking uh, on Viking 360 with a former three-sport athlete at Ripley High School. In the fall, uh, he was known as a tenacious member of the Viking football team. Uh, during the winter months, he was a strong, strong-armed uh, wrestler for the Vikings. But in the springtime, uh, he was remembered as one of the, uh, probably one of the all-time greats uh, for Ripley High, a, a power-hitting uh, first baseman catcher. Uh, Anthony Jarvis is our guest. Thanks for being with us on Viking 360. Nice to be able to talk to you, Rube. Baseball season uh, was interesting for you, known as a p- power hitter. Your share of home runs and extra base hits. Uh, I guess, uh, what was it like? Uh, what what approach did you take to hitting a, as a high school player? Uh, you know, most of my coaches, they just uh, told you to hit the ball hard and hit it through the fence. So I'd swing hard just about every time in case I hit it. So if I got into one, I'd hope it went pretty far. But, you know, I was just trying to score some runs for us and help us win some ball games. And Anthony, uh, your reputation as a hitter, it, di- it didn't take long to develop, and you were soon known as much for your intentional walks as for anything. Uh, tell me, was that sort of a, did you consider that a compliment, or was it a source of frustration for you as a hitter? You know, I'd take it as a little bit of both. Uh, I know I'd rather strike out swinging four times in a game than get intentionally walked four times in a game, even though maybe Coach wouldn't like hearing that. But, you know, I'm out there to hit, and I'm 
dying to hit. As soon as I know we got a game, I'm just scratching at the bits waiting to get in that batter's box. So, uh, I cannot stand walking down the first base without even getting the swing of the bat. You played on some outstanding teams here at Ripley. Is there one uh, highlight for you uh, during your career that you, that you recall? I, I think the highlight I remember the most is probably I played first at uh, Power Park when we went to the state championship. And I remember running out to first base and turning around and just hearing everybody screaming and seeing the sea of blue down the right field line at Power Park. And I had never seen that many people in Power Park before. And never seen that many people cheering for Ripley. And I mean, it's just great being a part of Ripley baseball. It's just just a great thing to be a part of. That was really uh, an exciting time for the Vikings. And another one of your highlights had to come the time that you made a trip south. And you not only were able to showcase your baseball talents, but you were also able to represent uh, one of your friends uh, at Ripley High. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I got to go down to Marlins Park and compete, play a game, do a home run derby, and uh, do a showcase for scouts. But I took the time and wanted to raise some money for my friend. Uh, well, I'd probably really call him my brother, Savior Boyce. Uh, probably one of the greatest people I've actually ever met. Uh, and there's actually no amount of money that I could ever give to him that would be worth how much he means to me as a friend. But there's nothing meant more to be able to take my gift of baseball that God's given me and to be able to use it to help somebody that I love a lot. So it really meant a lot to me and he really helped me because I thought about him the whole time that I was playing and I always do because I love him to death but he helps me out a lot and he gets me through a lot of stuff and I really appreciate him and like I said I could I could give him the whole world and I'd still feel like I owed him more. That's neat. And uh, let's talk on a little slightly different baseball topic. A new trend, a relatively new trend in baseball, is walk-up music for the batters. And you were known as someone who had some rather unusual songs uh, for your walk-up music. Tell us what, as far as you were concerned, what made for a good walk-up song for you? Well, I'm, I'm not really into normal music, and uh, I kind of like the old throwback rock and roll, and used uh, Kid Rock a couple times, but... My favorite one was probably Pearl Jam, and how I got Pearl Jam was when I started playing high school ball, Coach Lawrence and me would sit at the front of the bus, and we'd share headphones, and he'd uh, show me songs to listen to, and he's a huge Pearl Jam fan, and he just got me into Pearl Jam, and that genre of music, and I've been hooked to it ever since, and when I get in the box, I don't, I really like to stay calm, so I try to get a calm song to try to keep my mind, try to just go with the flow of the music. Uh, Anthony, I, I would I would assume that opposing teams were not friends of Pearl Jam, at least uh, after your senior season, because they hated to hear that song. That meant you were coming up to bat another time. So it was a, a painful situation for them. After graduation, you ended up at Glenville State College and um, and played baseball there for a year. Tell us about that. Uh, ended up going in. Starting at first, uh, halfway through the season, right fielder got hurt. Ended up going out there. Uh, we didn't have too good of a year, but I had fun. It was a great first year playing college baseball. I mean, that's really what I've dreamed of is just being able to play baseball after high school, being able to play baseball my whole life. And uh, I mean, I can't complain. As long as I'm out there playing, it's great. 
and you're no longer at Glenville. Tell us uh, the uh, the changes that you've made in your education. Uh, I just transferred to Alice Lloyd College in uh, Pippa Passes, Kentucky. It's a small NAIA school. Uh, had back surgery in the fall. Uh, had to red shirt this year, but I love it there. Glad to be a part of a good program, and I think we got a young team. Looks like we're going to be turning this program around and winning some uh, ball games the next couple of years. AJ, we have talked about uh, what lies uh, in store for you as far as a uh, career, a future goes, and and you have some interesting plans there on what, where you would like to be, you know, five years down the road or so. Uh, yeah, I mean, my goal right now is I'm going to school for uh, education. And I'd love to come back to Ripley and teach and just be able to maybe coach baseball, football, wrestling. I'd, I'd love to be a part of all of it. I just, there's nothing I love more really than Ripley sports. I mean, Rube, I'm just, I'm up there with you. There's, I bleed blue and white 24-7 all the time. I'm always thinking Ripley. But I'd love to come back and, you know, being a teacher, I always thought that maybe I could help at least one person out being a teacher. And. Coming back to Jackson County and trying to help some people out, I think, would really make me happy. That's that's neat, AJ. And thank you so much uh, for spending some of your time with us, and good luck in the future. Thank you, Rube. Appreciate it. Rube, the Viking baseball team is right in the middle of postseason play now. Some weather has interrupted a little bit, but the Vikings are looking to make a push toward Power Park here in a couple of weeks. That's true. Uh, finished the regular season with a record of 15-12. and 12. They beat Parkersburg in the first game of the sectional. And basically now uh, the, the sectional becomes a best two out of three against Parkersburg South. The two teams uh, split during the regular season. Uh, so uh, Ripley has the home field advantage in the sectional. And we hope that pays off and we hope weather permits. Let's go Big Blue. And Rube, it's postseason track time. And this past Wednesday... A regional track meet at Cabell Midland, the girls' track team picked up where they left off last year, winning seven of the events in the girls' track side of things. The girls' track champion uh, they won, Allison Fields won the 100 and the 200, Tori Starcher the 800, the 1600, and the 3200, Olivia Miller won the pole vaulting event, and the 4x400 relays, the Lady Vikings were also victorious. That's true, and don't forget about Viking pole vaulter extraordinaire Evan King. And, of course, in the regional, the top three competitors in each event will qualify for the upcoming state track meet. So good luck, Vikings. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications. Thanks for listening to Viking 360. We'll see you around.